Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Raptors post-game show after the playoffs brought to you by Yahoo Sports. My name is Iman, and today I'm joined by Savannah Hamilton, who will be joining us any second now. Oh, I'm here, girl. I'm here. I don't know why I can't see you on my screen. In the oh. chat, can you guys let me know? Am I looking at something I see you. here? I see you now. I see you now. All right. Perfect. There we go. Got it. Got it. It took a while, but we're there. We're there. Kind of like the Raptors in this series. It took a, it a bit of a rough start, but then they got there for a little bit. Hopefully we end a little bit better than they did. Coming to you guys live right after game six, which it's a bit of a heartbreaker, but still, I mean, there was a lot of positives to take a, uh, away from this series. A lot of positives going into next season, but I got to ask you, what happened in this game? What went wrong? It looked like the Raptors had all of the momentum following game five. What happened here? Come on, where do we begin? I don't even know where to begin. Um, still getting over my heartbreak with this with this game, but to be quite honest, I'm proud of the guys, so we'll get there in a bit, I'm sure. But what happened? Well, if you look at the first quarter, um, you know, the Raptors, they came in. It was really like, the, I always look at who controls the tone and the pace first because basketball is ultimately the biggest game of runs who gets ahead who kind of leads the charge I thought the Raptors had the edge right in the very beginning and then of course you know Tyrese Maxey and James Harden they kind of come out a lot stronger halfway through the first quarter kind of pushing the the 76ers getting them momentum Raptors kind of towards the end of the quarter get some sort of control and then kind of rinse wash repeat in the second quarter then boom we're at halftime the raptors are trailing by one point i go downstairs to go get some snacks and beverages i get caught up in a mosh pit down there and i come back upstairs to the media spot and we're trailing by 10. so i was like oh what happened i asked my friend blake murphy and he told me that um you know essentially james harden went off like he he was already having a great game and I, I remember watching the first half like he was having a great game like he hasn't been there all series long like let's keep it real like this is not the James Harden that we've seen all series and he decided to have a great game six and so you know it just was a matter of lack of def defensive coverage on him especially coming out of the half um that really kind of set the Raptors back to such a gap that they couldn't recover from and then I think it was almost panic basketball. They're like, okay, we're down 10. Oh, crap, we're down 15, down 20. What are we doing now? And then, of course, it started to get chippy, right? We saw Joel Embiid smack somebody in the face, like Pascal. And, like, we saw a lot more vocality. And I find that when the, when the 76ers start getting emotional and, and, and chippy with the Raptors, the Raptors are still finding their way to respond. And I think that's just the – problem with a young team is that some mature teams they could take those emotions and turn that into motivation on the court 
younger teams take their emotions and they say, well, well, let me prove something, but they do too much and they start playing something I like to call superhero basketball, where one guy tries to put the team on his back. Boucher had a really great game, though. I'll give that to him. Um, and yeah, and then the 76ers, they kind of started running with it. Like they set, they controlled the rest of the second half. So got to give it to them. They really showed out. You know, Maxi played well, Embiid did his thing, Embiid, and Harden played finally like potentially a playoff player yeah no i i completely agree with you it seemed like the top end talent maxi Embiid, harden and tobias so their top four guys really came out in today's game we hadn't had a game where all four of them maybe came out for a while and i also think that the raptors defense at least what i saw when when you were stuck in the mosh pit i mean there was probably more action going on down there in the <laughs> in the concessions than there was on the defensive end for the raptors there it felt like a little I, I I don't I mean I have been if you if you read my tweets you know you know that I've been going at the officials kind of hard but it definitely seemed like guys and I think it comes back to the maturity and the the youth of this team where they get caught up a little bit in the calls they stop playing as aggressive uh, on D because they're scared of getting that third foul I think for OG he got two quick ones and we saw a little bit more of a timid OG Ananobi on the defensive end which is not something that you would say he's had a fantastic series against Harden um, you know did a fantastic job on him all series long and, and today you saw a little bit more of like a timid Precious and a timid OG on the defensive end. And it felt very unfamiliar to what we saw, at least what worked for the Raptors in the two games that they were able to win there. And it's unfortunate, but I think I'm, I'm like, I'm fine with this game. I've made my peace with this game a little bit because in those first two games, it very much felt like the Raptors were getting out class without playing Raptor style basketball. Right. They were making their threes, but they weren't defending at all. And mm. it felt like they threes. were getting threes, <laughs> initially, initially they were in games one and two. After that, they hadn't I don't think they've made a three in what feels like forever. Uh, yeah. Scotty had a nice one today. But um, yeah. at least in like the first two games, I was like their, their half court offense is really good and their defense is abysmal. And then the two wins happen, and I'm like, oh, their defense is phenomenal. They actually have the numbers here. In wins, the Raptors have a defensive rating of 98.4. That is stellar. That Mm -hmm. is stellar. They held the Sixers to 88 points, and the Sixers had 16 free throws. In losses, in losses, their defensive rating is 130. (laughs) Point Yikes. five, Yikes. right? And and yeah. that that is the difference. Like it, it's wild to me that you can have one team that can play defense that locked down, and then the same team be one of the worst defenses of all time, essentially with a one thirty defensive rating. There, yeah. What what do you think was? Do you do you agree with me in that? Like some of the refing, I think not just not just like, oh, the referees are are controlling this game, but you see it get in the player's head at the very least a little bit where they start to be more timid on the defensive end. They're not trying to close out as hard because they don't want to get called for anything. Um, Do you think that that maybe played a part in it or do you think there's something else that really points to their the lack of defense in in the losses especially? I mean, do you want to talk about the series as a whole or this game tonight? I, I guess it's a little bit it's it's a little different in both of them. We can touch on tonight and maybe look at the series as a whole. 
Okay, okay. Yeah. So tonight's game, definitely lack of defense. Even uh, even though I was in the mosh pit, and the mosh pit was definitely a more defensive presence than what was on the court there at one point. Um, it was definitely like when I did come back and, and watch the rest of the second half, like it was just like recovery, 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 playing from behind. They're always mm-hmm. a step too slow. It seemed like the seems like there's better transition on the 76ers end, that they were getting anything they wanted at the rim as well. Um, and so, so when I think about, you know, just what happened tonight and like breaking this game down, you know, it was definitely a defensive collapse. And I think, yes, sure, the refs had something to do with it. The refs have been not the greatest. They're never great with the Raptors. So it's almost like you got to like factor that in. And I get it. Like, it's so easy to point fingers to them, but it's also kind of like what you expect at the playoffs. And so yeah. with that in mind, like, like the, you have to understand that like that's just part of the game at this point so you have to play that for sure exactly and not to mention the 76ers were complaining when the raptors won about the refs too so yeah. it didn't it didn't just joke i know right does joel get superstar calls absolutely um was something called i believe uh og had the ball at one point one possession in the, in the second quarter and it wasn't a um they didn't call a travel and they didn't call a foul but he slid on the ground just magically with the ball. And then on the other side, of the, on the other end, I believe Joel Embiid went up for like an awkward shot. He fell down and, oh, foul on the Raptors, even though it was a pretty clean like hands-up play or possession um, for defensively for the Raptors. So, yeah, does the refs, does the calls get into this team's head? Yeah. A lot of the guys are like 23, 24. Like yeah. this team is very, very young. And when you have bad refs, like stuff like that does get to them. Um, chippiness on the court does get to them. Uh, like all like the things that are said to them in between, like even, you know, Doc Rivers storming the floor and the Gary Trent Jr. end up hitting those technical free throws. Um, like that was a great like little momentum shift for the Raptors, but they didn't capitalize it on it really. They just kind of like, okay, well, yay, we got, we got maybe one call in our favor. <laughs> um so but you can't cry yourself a river like you still got the job done in the last game without fred van vliet and i think that's something that you know needs to be talked about is the fact that fred van vliet was missed today i think a lot of people were talking about how fred was um not missed as much in that last game and better maybe there's better matchups presented because of that um you know he is a shorter guard he's he's actually like around my height and i'm like 5'11", five, 5'. Five, it's almost six foot. And like, and so like, it, it was hard for him to match up. And Tyrese Maxey would, yeah, Maxey would have been the best matchup for him, but he was just too mm-hmm. slow earlier in the series to keep up with Maxey. But that being said, you can't replace his leadership quality and his him being a floor general and what that brings to this team in times like tonight, right? He could have, I felt yeah. like there was times that they could have called a timeout maybe earlier or settled the guys down. But there's only so much even then, like Nick Nurse can say in a team huddle, like, what are you going to say? Huddle up and be like, hey, guys, relax. And then they go back out there and play frantic. Like, I thought that Scotty Barnes, like, I, we, all, we all love Scotty Barnes. I know we all love him. But, like, there was definitely times in Scotty Barnes, like, he played frantically on defense. He was jumping at everything and he was biting everything. And, like, no, this you, you know how to play better defense than this. And so I think it was just a – a panic defense that we saw not intentionally like they didn't want to play they tried their hardest they really did you saw that it was just yeah. a matter of the emotions getting caught up in their head they're not playing to their defensive scheme and playing frantically and they're and then and then 76 were capitalizing on it because as you said all four of their guys were like on point tonight and you know i'm sure they are they came into this game being like 76ers they knew that 
if they lost this game, they would lose in the seventh game. Oh, I sure. feel like they played tonight like this was game seven for them. Yeah. And the Raptors played like this was game six. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah. And I'm I'm I completely agree. Love Scotty. Have to preface that so people don't get mad. But he definitely had some moments where and and this is why this series is like was really important. I'm glad the Raptors were a playoff team. It was so important for them to close out the season in the way that they did and and like it was incredibly impressive for them to close out the season in the way they did. And to have this first round matchup is because these are the learning moments that you have. You know, we've seen Precious, we've seen Scotty kind of get caught up a little bit in moments at times. And this is this playoff run was not important because we thought the Raptors would make a finals run this season. This is important because we want the Raptors to make a finals run in the future, right? It's, it's the growing of a team. It's to hopefully become what the Celtics have this season in the next year or the next few years. And and we can talk, I see a comment here from Mark about hopefully the Raptors adding some shooting in, in the offseason and we can talk about some of the offseason moves that are necessary, but I wanna focus a little bit more on this game today. We talked about some of the yips that some of the guys had, um, certainly, especially on the defensive end. And oh, having a steady hand like Freddie there, steady Freddie, would have been so nice, <laughs> especially considering uh, the shooting that the Raptors really needed tonight. But I want to talk about some of the positives because there were so many positives, not just in this game, but in this mm. series as a whole. But let's start tonight. You mentioned it there with Chris Boucher. What did you see from him? Because uh, to me, he just had a fantastic game. If Chris Boucher was on another NBA team, he'd be a starter. That's what I saw. Um, and that's he's been showing that consistently throughout the second half of the season. I think in the first half of the season, we saw a bit more of a scattered uh, Boucher taking shots that were not to his nature. Tonight, he came out and he not only played the game that he's been developing, he's grown so much as a player this season in terms of, you know, kind of being consistent with his three-point shooting, but then also finding the appropriate times to shoot that three. Um, and he, we kind of saw that a little bit tonight, but mo mainly we saw him fight. We saw him go out mm. and throw the first punch, initiate contact. The moment he stepped on the floor, he was like all up in everybody's face and like letting his presence be known. He was taking it to the rim. He was going up hard through contact, not getting calls, not really letting it phase him too much and just keep it, like, keeping it going. Like he was definitely uh, shining out there. He definitely stood out tonight to me um, in terms of his contributions on, on, the, on the floor. Like, you know, both – Mainly, I'd say mainly on the offensive end because there's definitely was team defensive lapses. But I do think that he, you know, tried to do his best with the assignments he was given on the defensive end as well. But offensively, he played just very, very tough, tough hardball. Yeah, love it. I mean, the cuts that he was making all series long, just mm -hmm. brilliant. Knew exactly where to be at all times. Um, was was big on the glass in moments as well. Just so much heart. Someone else who had so much heart that we would be remiss if we didn't mention is Pascal Siakam, who really showed himself to be the team's star this series. What did you see from Pascal Siakam that you really liked? It's funny you say the team star this series because the first two games, he was not like that. Um, we, mm -hmm. We've been having a lot of conversations about his role throughout the series. And I think we did see game three to this game. You know, the, the Siakam, the all-NBA Siakam that we're used to seeing. Um, did he have the, the impact, that 40-point type of game that he could have probably had tonight? No. Do we need it? Abso absolutely we needed a game like that from him tonight. Um, but it kind of goes to show you the, the gaps that we have in this team. It's not necessarily on him in particular, but I do think that Siakam is in – it, it kind of opens up the conversation of the category of player that Siakam is in. Is he – going to is he an nba superstar or is he a star 
Like, where is he? He's like, he has moments where you think this guy could, yeah, he could go really far in this league. He could potentially get an MVP. I totally see it someday in the future. It's not me just trying to put a hot take. I totally see him potentially getting an I MVP someday in the league. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not too far fetched, but games like tonight, we need to see that. Like we need to see somebody put the team on their back. And I don't care if you're taking a hundred shots and miss 50 of them or, well, that's actually a pretty good percentage, but like, I don't care. <laughs> I do that take a hundred <laughs> shots and only make 30 of them. If you're ending the game with like 65 points or something like that, like that is your star. That's the guy that's going to get the job done and get you the win. Like that year that Kawhi Leonard was a part of our team, you know, the rest of the team, they knew how to play team basketball very well. So inserting mm -hmm. a star like Kawhi Leonard was, yeah, Kawhi played maybe a little bit more, like he took like 39 shots in that game seven series against Philadelphia. Um, and he didn't have a great that. percentage. And he had an awful percentage, but yeah. they still won. And he still hit yeah. the game winning shot. And it was like things like that, where you're just not afraid to take the bad shots, to take the shots. And I think that's what we need to see from Siakam. And so even though he still had a good game, he had a good game. It yeah. just wasn't the great game that we needed. And, you know, I, I, I like you saying that because so, – so Nick Nurse had comments about, you know, Siakam making the right reads. And I, I think that part of what you're saying, and I agree with it, is also about, like, this team needing more, right? It feels like, it feels like Siakam just needs a little like, – a shoot, just some spacing just someone who can who we, if he can pass in the corner he can get a three but also it's it's so funny that you mentioned that and you mentioned Kawhi Leonard because when the third quarter started or when the third quarter ended and I saw the Raptors just down a, a, a lot the first thought I had in my mind was game six versus the Milwaukee Bucks and when the Raptors were down what was it like 24 points or something like that against the Milwaukee Bucks and it was just like the Kawhi Leonard show and mm -hmm. he just closed out he the Raptors went on a 26 to 4 run I think it was to get a mm -hmm. five-point lead uh in the end and it's just like oh like that's what a superstar does in those moments and and that was the first thought that I had and I was like well the Raptors don't have anybody like that on the roster this year and I think that there's there's growth that I think Pascal needs to make in his game one of them that I'll always mention is that three-point shot um he doesn't need to be Stephen Curry but I think the willingness to take it and also making sure the defenses want to guard you out there right because that's what spacing is all mm -hmm. about and so I think that that can unlock a whole other element to his game in fact last season when people were really down on his game to me it was more so that his three-point shot just wasn't there he had mm. a year of his career and I think that that makes such a major difference in opening up Pascal's game and I also think other guys being able to make their thoughts and him trusting that and uh, so that he can make those right passes to the corner. And, and you know, we saw it work with Danny Green in the corner and Tyrese Maxey in the corner. And we saw how much space that gave James Harden to attack and that gave Joel and B down low as well. So it's really interesting to see what the Raptors can do in the offseason. Um, but I have, uh, I see here that before game five, when the Sixers were still up 3-1, Kyle Lowry texted mm -hmm. Danny Green to say, see you next weekend assuming that the team that's up 3-1 was going to close out. And Danny Green believes that that jinxed the Sixers. So it was kind of Lowry trying some reverse jinx there. Maybe, maybe Lowry's still a ride-or-die Raptor after all. <laughs> maybe, that's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, looking through some of the uh, questions and comments on here, uh, Harden's 
starting aggressive, brought in doubles and opened up the corners. Certainly, certainly. And I, I saw Will Lou uh, tweet about this quite a bit. The Raptors really weren't switching when Kem Birch, uh, they weren't yeah. switching. So they didn't put the length of like Kem Birch on uh, James Harden and they kept Gary on him and, and, and Harden was like, no problem. I'll breeze right by. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to me that that was a strategy. I get it. It wasn't Precious. I think if Precious was there, he probably would have switched those screens more. Um, uh, Nick Nurse would have called for those screens to be switched. It was interesting to me that that they were like, hey, James Harden is not going to kill us. And then James Harden continued to kill the Raptors. And it was like, ah, James Harden is not going to kill us. And it's like, no, it's happening. We're watching it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right now. Yeah, this is, this is um, it, yeah. This is it. Uh, can I ask, is there a surprise that you've had this series? It could be the series whole, not just this game. But has has one player in particular surprised you? It could be someone that we've already mentioned or someone new. Oh, that's a good question. Who has surprised me? Um, I feel like I feel like we got a lot of what I expected what out I of this team, of this series. Uh, maybe like again maybe it's scotty barnes maybe you have to give it to the rookie of the year like i know it's such a generic low-hanging fruit answer but like he's a rookie and he's playing mm-hmm. and we hold him to the standards of pascal some nights i swear and yeah. when his when he was like hurt with that ankle injury who was in a boot the raptors lost and yeah. like it just goes to show you just how integral scotty barnes is on this team and what his, what his role has been and what he's carved himself out to be both on the offensive end and the defensive end and like even tonight you can't tell me that his ankle is still fully healed like he definitely was playing on a sore ankle still um because he retweaked it in like the in the last game too so you know these guys are definitely injury ridden and and i think scotty barnes like him being such a a rookie and composed as well that's actually something that really surprised me and really stood out to me um he doesn't complain about these rough calls you rarely see him react he might do a one-two like this but he doesn't really do that much after that he doesn't say he'll get back on defense unlike some other guys guys, he'll get back on defense (laughs) but but for sure yeah so i think scott i have to have to give the surprise to scotty yeah i i think i i would agree with that i thought that especially in game one i was like okay there these are some a few guys first time in the playoffs fred pascal they've been there before og has been there before but scotty hadn't and what we saw was Scotty almost have a triple double. If he didn't get injured, he could have very well had a triple double in his first playoff game ever when half of the team looked like they had a bit of, of uh, the nervous tummies <laughs> in that game. Oh, that? Uh, so it, just having him come out there like that. And yeah, he had some rookie moments tonight. I'll say it. You mentioned it on the defensive end. He, he had some rookie moments. He was jumping out a lot. 
but he showed so much composure and and like the threes that he was being he was able to hit just his ability to just go up with with so much force whether it be at the basket or taking the shots that he needs to take or guarding whatever assignment is in front of him he was really doing everything and sometimes you forget that he's a rookie watching him someone else that i sometimes forget is so young is precious achua so just thinking into next season while watching precious i anytime i get in front of a microphone i joke that like i compare precious to my niece who's two years old because every time i see her she like grows like exponentially and i'm like how do you speak in full sentences now like how have you grown this much since i last saw you yesterday and i feel like that's precious ajua like every time i watch him on the basketball court i'm like you know how to do that now (laughs) you can oh you can hit threes now oh you can put the ball on the floor now oh you can like just every time that you see him he just grows so much it's like the same it's it's fun to watch and so to me, like looking at Scotty and looking at Precious, those are the two guys I'm really excited to see what they can bring next season, considering how much they've just grown over the course of the season. Do you have some guys you're really looking at um, to see what they can do next season? Because you're really excited with what they showed either in this playoffs or towards the end of the year. Oh, man, I don't even know where to like literally this team is so young. I can <laughs> oh, go through every single guy on this roster right now. Yeah. And even that includes Fred. That includes Pascal, because even Fred Van Vliet himself was stepping into a new leadership role for the first time. He was learning how to be a leader yeah. this year. You know how hard that is? And he did it yeah. with such such grace. And so next season, he's stepping right on into that leadership role right away, knowing his tone, knowing his voice. And that's so powerful. So that like that's and that's Fred. Right. We can go yeah. down the entire roster. Obviously, me working a lot with the Raptors 905 and like most of the Raptors bench have been at some point in the 905. I could go through every single one of those guys, including the maybe the not so favorites um, and just tell you, like, these guys are going to grow. They're all so, so young. That's why like yeah. I see like the comments come out on Twitter, be like, what's got what's this guy doing playing right now or trade him? I'm like, you don't get it. This guy goes down to the G League and drops an insane amount of points on any given night. Any of those guys can, and yeah. it just hasn't translated to the NBA yet. But when it does, which is what the off seasons are for, which is also yes. part of it is also opportunity because yeah. you forget that the Raptors are stacked with with guys right yeah. now too. Like they will eventually get the opportunity that that they need at the right time, and that's when you're gonna see like the progress that they've made. Because I'm sorry, but playing two minutes after like when a game's done isn't getting proper game playing time or minutes um and that's no. just the bench so you know i talk about the, the leaders i talk about the bench like if i think about like the guys kind of in between like the bouchers and like the precious like you know precious you you've mentioned it right there like retweet exactly what you said like he's went from pretty much doing next to nothing with the heat like he was always an athlete always a good athlete but yeah. he to, to opening up his role at the raptors and go, going to all-star weekend and like rising stars challenge and all that like he's just grown tremendously it's like such a it's, it's such a pleasure to watch before our own eyes and um yeah and i think that like over the off season like there's definitely going to be some probably some roster decisions made still but I'm looking forward to seeing what this team has for us next season because now oh, one year mature, one year mature, let's go. They're they're going to be so scary. Like I kind of so in years past, you had the Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry. Those were teams competing every single year. Demar and Kyle, 
needed to compete. And you had, you know, Pascal and Fred come through the G League and uh, like Norm and, you know, your younger guys come through the G League and come into this team as bench players, really. Like the entire starting lineup at one point or another has been bench players and has replaced that. And what the exactly. Rockers do so brilliantly is then replace the bench. And then in the future, we're going to be talking about this team as precious and all of these guys on the bench now being starters. And what we see this season is, yeah, Fred and, and, and Pascal are ready to compete right now. They're, they're champions, but they're still young and growing into their roles. Very different mm -hmm. than, than Kyle and DeMar, who had been in those primary roles for a while at that point. They're growing into their roles. So this entire team this year was a development year while still competing, while wow. still being a five seed, which is yep. why this playoffs were just like it. it was house money because no matter what happened, you recognize like this is a growing moment for Pascal. This is a growing moment for Fred, his first time as a leader. This is a growing moment for OG Ananobi. We saw him be a primary option at the start of the season, which is something he hadn't done in his career before. Growing moment for Precious, for, uh, for, for, um, everybody on the team, Utah, Speed, all of the guys from start to finish, all of the guys on the team. This is a growing and a learning moment. Delano Banton, I mean, think about just like the first moment he comes in, his first shot being a half-court shot. <laughs> like all of these guys getting their first moments and it just being so special. And this isn't the end. This is just the beginning for absolutely all of them. And next season, they'll have the experience. They'll have the heartbreak. This is the punch in the mouth. That was Kyle Lowry's block shot against Paul Pierce in game seven in 2014. This is that for them. So next season, they'll come back so much better. But someone who was a part of their early teams, but not a fan favorite, not someone who was growing with this team either, not one of the young guys but just an old man who had higher aspirations in the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Goran Dragic, who, um, you know, his higher aspirations meant that he played, what, two less games. He got swept in the playoffs despite being on a quote-unquote super team that was destined to be in the finals. He decided to laugh today at the Raptors, this young, scrappy team playing better basketball than his team ever did this season. What are your thoughts on what we got from Goran Dragic and his uh, snide comment uh, via tweet today? He has to be just trolling. He's pulling like a, a Joel Embiid. He has to just be trolling yeah, because sure. he, like he, I talked to him in the beginning of the season uh, during like marketing day. He told me that he took back those comments. It's not what he meant, blah, 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 blah. And now like him doing the whole crying laugh emoji thing. I'm like, bro, like, I know you're just trolling because you're just doing it to get a reaction and you know, bro solves like, here we are talking about it right now, <laughs> let alone all of Raptors Twitter who are going at him right now, um, rightfully so. Uh, but yeah, it's like he he got swept. You can't say anything. You were on arguably roster wise the best team in the East, and you guys got swept. So you can't say anything. And you were in a lower seed, and you yeah, like the Raptors were higher seed. Um, you were a play in team, okay? Your higher aspirations from being a five seed to a play in team that got swept. We don't want to hear it, Goron. And, and also, I think the Raptors have more promise than Brooklyn next year. Like. Oh, sure. Like that just goes without saying. So it's like higher aspirations or you just didn't want to be in Canada. Like, what's the deal? Like, what do you mean higher aspirations exactly? Because clearly things are different on the court if you're, that's what you're talking about. Also, I don't know why he's even talking. He's towards the end of his career. 
He's towards the end of his he own was, career right now. He was trying to ring chase and found his way from a five seed to a nine seed. And he's trying to make himself feel better, but we're not going to have it, Goran. We're not going to have it. Um, so we've got a question here from Ursan who asks, does Scotty become a 23 plus point scorer next year? I see it. That's not far-fetched at I all. I would totally, like, listen, any, like, nothing would surprise me with Scotty Barnes. The only thing that might surprise me with Scotty Barnes next year, if he gets MVP of the league or something, that's, that would be insane. But like, if he, I see him potentially being up for finals, an finals MVP, finals MVP, Pascal's going to win like MVP. That, right? We said that at the top. Pascal is our MVP. I didn't say next year. <laughs> whoa, 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 I'll say next year for both. <laughs> okay. We're going to manifest this. Um, but, but like nothing would surprise me with Scotty. I would totally see Scotty being like scoring over 23 points per game next season. Like he's and this, he has an entire off season to grow. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Think about the, from the day he got drafted to summer league, to preseason, to where he is now rookie of the year, his growth chart was like this, like it was like a straight line up and yeah, he had like the little rookie moments that we've talked about, but like now next year, like those rookie moments just don't happen nearly as often. Like every player makes mistakes, but yeah, he's going to be – I think you build the team around him, right? Like, that's what's going to happen. In the words of Blue Ivy, he's never seen a ceiling in his whole life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to put one on him. And that's, that's the thing with all of these guys. Like, there's all this talk about what can OG Ananobi do next season. And it's here, – here's my thing. Enjoy what they are right now instead of worrying about what they can become next season or what they'll do in five years. We've got a really, really special and talented team. And any expectation we've put on Pascal, he's absolutely shattered. Any expectation that anybody in the history of anybody has put on Fred Van Vliet, he's absolutely broken and shattered. And the same thing goes for half of this roster, if not more. So let's just enjoy them for what they are. They're the weirdest team in basketball. It's a bunch of six, nine guys with seven feet wingspan. They may give up. I see a lot of conversation in the chat here about giving up a bunch of corner threes and hey when they're mm -hmm. at their best defensively we see what they're able to do and that was the 88 points that the philadelphia 76 are scored they can part part of why the raptors play the aggressive defensive style that they do is because they are so long and they are so quick and they're so athletic so the idea is you can, the, the idea is that hopefully they can rotate out, they can get there quick enough, their length can disrupt the shot still. It is a, a form of basketball where if you're a step late or you're a little bit slow, yes, it's going to look really bad. <laughs> there are mm -hmm. nights where it's going to look really bad. But when you are on, we've seen this team be locked down defensively. They don't need another center. The, the lack of center is not a bug it is a fixture of this offense. It is a feature, I mean, of, of this defense. It is a feature of this team. Can they get a backup big? Sure. But what the Raptors are doing right now is building the team of the future. It may look weird. It may look janky at times. But when it clicks, we've seen how special it can be. So we can all calm down about that and really hope that next season they can improve their three-point shot. You know, something I think, I'm just going through these comments right now. I'm trying to calm Raptor fans down a little bit. One of the things about the Raptors is that Yes, they don't have any shooters, and it would be really nice to have some shooters. But what the Raptors believe is that they, can, they can't teach a guy to be 6'9". They can't teach no. a guy to have a seven-foot wingspan. They can't teach a guy to be one of the most athletic players in basketball in like a pressure situa. But they can't teach guys how to shoot. We saw yep. that. OG came into the season. OG came into the league not being considered a three-point shooter. And in his rookie season, he was lights out. 
Precious Achua shot one, made one or shot one three pointer last season. Shot one three pointer, not even made. I missed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and this season, thirty seven percent three point shooter on over a hundred attempts uh, in the season. So like mm-hmm. the Raptors believe that they can teach it. And let me tell you something: when you have six nine guys that are the ones shooting it, when you have six nine guys that are one, the ones making those passes, they can see over everybody. And this team is the team of the future. They're really really special, but we have to give them some time to grow. And I think that's what this season showed us is that they're not there yet, but they're very close to being there and hopefully they get there soon. Anything you want to add to that or? Yeah, yo, like just the guys that we haven't even talked about, like Champagne, Isaac Bonga, oh like, they're I, sitting like, on our bench right now. Like I, I talked to, I talked to Masai about this earlier in the season. I, on a press yeah. conference, I asked him, I was like, what are you doing with like the 905 talent, the two-way players and the assignment players right now? Because they're ridiculously talented and, yeah. you know, like how are you going to find them opportunities and minutes? And he essentially just echoed exactly what my question was. Funny enough, he was like, you're right. He was like, it is hard to find them opportunities right now because our team is so talented. And it's like, um, it, it's it's like, how, where are you going to sacrifice like time away from Gary Trent Jr. or, you know, to maybe play – um, you know, a, a champagne more or something like that, or yeah. time away from Fred Van Vliet to play a Delano more. Like it gets a little like dicey there in terms of like development, but this is what the off season's for, because if they develop sure. really well over the off season, then, you know, Isaac Bonga he had a great first half of the season with the Raptors. I thought like he, the minutes just dwindled as the season went on. Cause you got to tighten up the, yeah. bench, the bench eventually. Um, yeah. And so like, there's so many cases of, like that uh, on our team that like, it's just, the, the future is very, very promising. And I would say that overall, this season is such a win for the Raptors coming back from Tampa. We came back from Tampa. Yeah. We drafted the and rookie of the year. That's the chip right there. And Champagne then on top of it. Per- like, Champagne has been just such a delight to watch anytime we see him on the court. Bonga is like the exact type of player that you like, that the Raptors go after. It's the mold. Like, exactly. It, it, it's exactly the mold. At- Utah is someone that I was like one of my favorite players to start the season and I'm just like the defense he gets it he is someone right away who can slot in and get it but there just wasn't any minutes for him we have a lot of talent on this team and the problem is really finding space to develop these guys because nobody is there all the way yet except for your top guys your OGs your Pascal's your Fred Mm -hmm. that aren't going to get their minutes diminished but everybody else is just looking for a chance and it's a great place to be if you are the Raptors, but you have just so much talent just waiting to develop and really take a spot on this team. And and hopefully, we've seen it before. Hopefully we get we 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 continue to hopefully next season we get a surprise. You okay, can I ask you just as, as someone who is a 905 expert, who do you think on the 905 roster, someone who doesn't didn't get as many minutes on the yeah. Raptors team? And maybe we can close out with this. Do you see breaking into the Raptors rotation? Because Nick Nurse does like to play a very tight rotation. Is yeah. there someone that you think right now could really Delano. break in next season? Delano. Delano. And I, I've, I've even been to a, a 905 game where Nick Nurse was like sitting right beside me and like his commentary on Delano's performance was he was like, yup, yup, but a, like a tremendous athlete, like just a great kid. Whoa. So talented. Like he was loving like Delano up and like rightfully so he was, he, every single time Delano is in the G league, he takes control of the game. Um, yeah. And, and so he is definitely going to be, I think the star to kind of like watch out for, for next season. Um, 
and I would say Isaac Bonga as well. Like Bonga, he's been playing like really, really well. The one thing I will say, um, just real quick, just because I've been seeing so many comments whenever Speed checks into the game on Twitter, like mm-hmm. he's the opportunity. The minutes aren't there, and when you are a shooter in general oh, in the yeah. game of basketball, you can't just like turn it on like that. Like you have to yeah. like have minutes in order to get warmed up to shoot. And like a lot of pure shooters in the league are not the best defensive players, and so it's kind of like you're just understand what you're doing with a type of player like that. So like, that's why I see like all the hate co- comments come in. I'm like, well, you, it's not like a magic switch, bro. Um, no. But yeah, Which so I would say like- so interesting to me that people are like, the Raptors just need more shooters. And it's like, when we get- You actually shooters, have one, not- you don't use them. Like Matt Thomas yeah. is the perfect example too. Like Matt yeah. Thomas, I would say Speed's a better defender than Matt Thomas was. Yeah. But like Matt Thomas was the 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 shooter that would be corner three get, getting ready. But then the minutes dwindled for him as well. And then eventually he got yeah. traded. Because yeah. like you, if they say that you want a shooter, make sure you're playing them enough minutes to be warm so for when they can shoot, they still step yeah. into a game and shoot. But anyways, back to your question, Delano is going to be the um, I love the, that the, the prize pony. As many as many six nine guys who can handle the ball as possible. It's so much fun to watch. Thank you so much for joining me, Savannah. Thank you to everybody who checked us out. And um, you know what? Yeah, the Raptors lost and they're out of the playoffs, but. This is a fun young team that's only going to grow. And this was a great learning experience for everybody on that roster. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This is fun. My last show of the season. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 